We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of The Mountain Man on June 1st, 1980. It was written by Fraser Clark Heston, no relation, just kidding, he's Charlton's son, directed by Richard Lang, and released by Columbia Pictures. Fraser Clark Heston, the son of actor Charlton Heston, began working on the screenplay after living among Alaskan Eskimos and Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that the proper term is Inuit. So I assume he was just in this as a favor to his son, or was his son an accomplished filmmaker prior to this? Eh. Not super accomplished, no. Okay. Um, the working title was Wind River, which was later used for a Jeremy Renner film in 2017. It's very good. Yeah. It has uh, Hawkeye and... Uh, Scarlet Witch in it. It's, it's also about Native Americans. Well, I was going to say, does it have any story points in, in line with this? It's basically the same story, but it takes place in present day. It's totally different. It's a murder mystery thing. <laughs> it's very good. It is. And uh, the film was also briefly called Last of the Mountain Men, which I actually think would be better mm. than yeah. The Mountain Men. I agree with that. Because it plays into the whole summary of the film. Heston later said that the film you saw was not what we conceived or shot. Uh, we- <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said <laughs> we shot a totally different film i don't yeah. know what happened i don't know what happened it was it was a sci-fi movie it took place largely on a moon uh no he said uh, we compromised my son's script was much darker and it emphasized the sort of autumnal recognition that they earned as trappers i confess that i miss that aspect bitterly my son found it difficult to swallow he poured everything into the script and resented the changes but all artists compromise Every one of my films could have been better. Every one of them. My son learned that the people who put up the money control the film. When we saw the final cut, he was heartbroken. I could have walked out. I could have put everything on the line, but I don't like to do that. It was the director's first feature, and I don't like to throw my weight around, but maybe I should have. Maybe I made a mistake. So what? what is he saying changed about it? I assume they find the valley? Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I shouldn't spoil anything. Well, if it's darker, I would guess not. But we start the film with a very silent Columbia logo that made me think that I was doing something wrong. (laughs) And then an eagle is soaring over some snowy mountains. Bill, as played by Charlton Heston, is wading through a river with a gun when someone fires on him. uh, Or later, I guess, someone fires on him. No, right here in the river. Well, yeah, he's checking traps and then he gets descended upon while under fire, assuming it's um, either... Uh, local Indians. Local Indians or someone out to kill him. He seems pretty convinced that there are crow nearby, the the tr- the tribe crow nearby, crow Indians. Right. And so, um, a shot is fired over his head, and he starts to run away, and is very quickly engaged in a chase. The chaser catches up with him, and they crash. They their horses all do flips. Oh my god! And they crash into the river. It's yeah. horrifying. The horse stunts in this movie are just hard to watch because yeah. these—I—I I would not be surprised if several horses died in the making of this film. If they killed horses on the set of Luck, 
that show about just racing horses at Santa Anita, then mm-hmm. there's no way they didn't kill five there's, horses in this yeah, scene. Yeah, there's at least like three full horse somersaults that could yeah. that could easily have ended in broken legs and necks and stuff. And uh, they originally had, is it the ASPCA, the Animal yeah. Protection mm-hmm. People, um, had issued like a statement like, oh, this this movie did a really good job and all the animals were cared for and taken With well cared movie? for. With this movie? Yes. But then they saw the final cut of the movie because what? the cut that they were shown previously didn't have any of the somersaulting horses. Okay, that's not how And you... so they retracted it. I was going to say, that is not how you clear a film. You clear a film by being on set because, of course, they were not... on set. Yeah. But were they, they weren't on set when that stuff was happening. I guess because you you should be on set whenever an animal is being used because otherwise, they're of course, they're not going to show you the footage where the horse dies. Right. Mm. And also, apparently, it's impossible to get a horse to do that unless there's a trip line involved. <gasps> So that's yeah. literally how they're getting they these horses to go end over end. They actually did it on purpose? Yes. To, oh, that yeah. makes it so much worse. It's like, yeah. the, it's like the long riders where you can only get them to go through a window once. Yeah. You can train them to jump through the same shaped rectangle over and over again, but they'll oh, only go through man. the window in that shape one time. That makes me really angry because I was like, okay, well, it was an accident, but you know, you at least, it, you got to use the footage and it's terrible that it happened and you should be more careful next time, but they did it on purpose. Right. They're monsters. Now here, let's make it even one step worse. Oh, good. You're not doing it to raise a bunch of money. You're just doing it to prank your friend. That's what the guy in this movie was doing. Yeah. Well, (laughs) like it's literally just he's crashing these horses full speed end over end into this river as a joke on his friend. Because he's like, you thought you were going to die. And I killed a bunch of our horses. (laughs) And and that's what he says when he gets up. Damn fool. You could have killed my horse. And he probably did. And there's one that's like laying on the ground probably dead in the background of this shot oh, anyway yeah or if they weren't dead you had to you had to euthanize them afterwards but this is frap frappy frap man and uh his name is frap and james frap henry frap. henry frap uh henry frap was playing a prank on his good buddy bill and uh killing horses as a as a goof he asks how he's doing bill tells him that there's some crow indian nearby and frap says they are blackfoot but you were close and they argue about that for a while because they both think they're experts. But they ultimately both end up being right. Right. Yeah, that's a spoiler. That, yeah, spoiler alert. Well, hold on. Hold on, Richard. We haven't gotten there yet. It's a very I, important spoiler. I know, but <laughs> it, it affects it's, the trajectory I, like, of the whole film. I, it's important to note, though, because their argument is that we'll they're both we get right. to it. Right now, they're uh, just arguing. So I just want to ask. Are we going to spend this entire podcast saying Indian instead of Native American? Yes, we are. Because oh. that was the proper terminology in the early 1800s, I okay. guess. So we're just sticking to the the date in which the film was supposed to take place? We, we, we've said Indian and Native American. I, I guess we should pick one. I, I don't mean... I'm, I'm going to say Indian because that's what they keep saying in the movie. Well, they say Injun. Yeah. So, okay, if you want to be engine. accurate, <laughs> they, they they also refer to themselves as as n words several times. Yeah, the, the the engines do. No, the frap. Frap, frap refers to himself yes. as an n word. <laughs> yes, he does. I had to re- I had to rewind it and and put on subtitles. I was like, wait, did he just? Wow, what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it meant something different. Well, you know how like uh, Irish people weren't considered white until like <laughs> the early nineteen hundreds. <laughs> I think the easiest way to do this is just to refer to them as their tribe name, the Crow or the Blackfeet. Yeah. Um, is Blackfeet the plural? Blackfoot? I don't know. Blackfoots? <laughs> Blackfoots. 
I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna. No, they are Blackfoot. There's no. Or are they no, Blackfeet? No, the, the the plural of Blackfoot is Blackfoot. Blackfoot, goddammit! Bill asks Henry Frapp what uh, beaver skins are going for, and apparently they're five bucks everywhere. Um, he hasn't uh, checked in with society lately. He's been out in the wilderness just collecting for the last couple years. He hasn't made it out to the rendezvous, which is like a gathering of yeah. tradesmen. Well, and I have to say, uh, my experience with Red Dead Redemption 2, beaver furs, that's a pretty, $5 is a pretty high price. Is it? So that uh, takes place I, even I, later than maybe? Uh, Red Dead 2 does, yeah. Yeah. Because he only ends up getting quoted about three when they get to the rendezvous, but spoiler alert. If uh, <laughs> there's this one line from Henry here, Henry's sitting on the log next to him, and uh, and he says that they need to hit up the rendezvous soon because he says, I don't get some whiskey soon, I'm going to die! <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, shouts it like a weirdo. I hope that was, like, the like his choice. Yeah, like, because I really want everyone on set to have been like, what the fuck was that? Because, like, the director, like, they kept going, Brian, you need to do it again. But yeah, you need to have like a little bit more intensity to it. You're yeah. not doing it right. We need to believe that you need whiskey. You got to make us believe that you need the whiskey. I feel like this is the Kevin Sorbo disappointed. <laughs> disappointed! <laughs> <laughs> Which the rumor for that is that he literally was reading like the parenthetical of yeah. the line. Like he was reading the line and he was supposed to just be disappointed. But he just said, disappointed. <laughs> That's so great. I'm sure that's not true, but I love that legend. They disagree again about which Indians are nearby. Bill asks for some baccy. He wants a tongue full of baccy. Uh, presumably that's code for tobacco. Once uh, once he gets it from Frapp, he punches him out and knocks him into the river. They head back to their horses, the surviving horses, uh, where we are introduced to Nat Wyeth. Or Nat Wyatt? Uh, Nathan Wyatt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they sometimes call him Nat here. Nathan Wyatt, he's an ice merchant based on a real person. Um, I forget the guy's name, but it's pretty close to Nathan Wyatt. It's Frigidaire. <laughs> Frigidaire, that's his name. Um, and I think, uh, I think they call him Kristoff. Right, yeah, that's right. And this was later adapted into a musical. Um, but uh, he's an ice merchant. and uh, He's very ice. <laughs> he's a really nice guy. No. <laughs> he's a friend of Fraps. They've been traveling together for a while, and he says he's going to set up trade and farming in Oregon. He predicts that the Oregon Trail will happen. He's just like, yeah. I bet that there's going to be a trail that leads from St. Louis, Missouri to Oregon. I'll bet you a dollar. I, I thought for sure that the joke was going to be he was going to be going with his wagon train of the Donner Party. Right. I thought, I thought for sure that they were going to mention he was traveling with the Donners. That'd be great. But no, he, he just keeps saying, oh, man, Oregon's going to be so great. I'm going to set up all this cool stuff in and Oregon. And build a hotel up on and, the mountain. Right. And this is <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. And uh, at the same time, um, Bill is basically arguing over the top of him with protestations that Oregon sucks. You can't grow anything there because it sucks, and it's a suck bill. Um, they reach the rendezvous point, and in place of the people that should be there, there's a note inviting them closer to society where they have white women now. So that night they hear sounds <laughs> near the camp. Rendezvous point, now featuring white women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, where are the white women at? Um, one, they're, they're like so in disbelief for this. They're like, there aren't even women on this side of the continental divide. That night they hear sounds near the camp 
and uh, they argue over what the the cause of the sound is, but eventually decide that it's either the Blackfoot tribe or the crow nearby, and that they are stealing their horses. Uh, but in the morning when we fade up, Bill is already coming back with the horses because he has already successfully stolen them all back. Right. Um, Seems to be a game they play back and yes. forth. And uh, then Cross Otter and a, and a couple other people from the Crow tribe uh, come up to the lake across from them and they send hand signals back and forth to communicate. Cross Otter wants the horses back. They argue back and forth about who stole them first from the other person. And then eventually Cross Otter says that he just wants to come over and smoke a pipe and have peace and that they'll leave. So they start to come across the lake and they're still arguing about who the horses started with when uh, one of uh, Cross Otter's fellow crow tribesmen uh, gets hit with an arrow. Right through the neck. Yeah. There's this hilarious scene played for slapsticky comedy of uh, the Blackfoot tribe and the crow tribe firing at each other and these these mountain men caught in the middle and they're all like jokey about it and one of the blackfoot guys like moons them from across the river and says i crap on the grave of your fathers and then they shoot him and then they laugh hysterically at his body falling over after they shot him to kill him right like these people are being killed yeah there's death happening all around them but they're all laughing about it and making fun of each other um white's just standing there watching it until he gets an arrow in the heart. All right, just took an arrow. See that? <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> and he's just like, I have taken an arrow in the chest. <laughs> and that's when Jess that, was Yeah, like, that's what I said. I was once an adventurer like you. <laughs> and I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> then I took an arrow to the chest. <laughs> Bill just yanks it out of his chest and he points out like, oh, look, it's not even in that deep. You're fine. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then he passes out and just falls over. Backup rolls in. We have a bunch more crow show up to save the day. Oh, Wyatt does get a one good shot off with the, oh, double, yeah. with the double barrel. <laughs> Gives yeah. them both barrels. <laughs> yeah, and there's also um, the Bill takes one shot at, because one of the Blackfoot Indians gets so close that he's like already attacking Wyatt. And then Bill fires his ramrod through the Indian because mm-hmm. he was like still reloading his gun and uh, he fires the ramrod and it just pierces through the guy's back and he pulls him off. Um, apparently I'm going to keep saying Indian because it's too hard to avoid saying it in this movie. Bill brings uh, one of the, the Blackfoot women that they left behind, but it turns out that she's not actually Blackfoot. She was taken by their tribe, but uh, Wyatt <laughs> stands next to her and pronounces her dead right before she kicks him in the face mm-hmm. and gets up to run away. But uh, Bill stops her because she's actually running toward the Blackfoot uh, tribe that she's trying to get away from. That, yeah. And uh, and he's like, if you're going to have the common sense to run, at least do it away from the people that are trying to capture you. And he points her in the opposite direction, but she just sits down because she realizes, oh, these people aren't trying to hurt me. So maybe I'll just hang out here for a second. Well, she's, she's, she's damned if she do, damned if she don't. Right. Like if she goes back to the Blackfoot, she's going to be back with the guy that's beating her. If she goes to the crow, they'll kill her. Uh, so she's got no choice but just to stay with these guys yeah. who don't seem to. Now, why would the crow kill her? Because they she just was killed with a... the Blackfoot. Yeah, she did... they just killed a whole bunch of Blackfoot. Yeah, but it's... but she was wasn't she like kidnapped and stolen over there? Like she's not. But her she was choice. fighting with them. She was a she yeah. was part of their group that that staged that attack just now so yes I, I don't know i don't i feel like i mean she's, she's not being held she, against her will but she's not one of the crow so but she was a crow was she i don't know 
I think she was she was a different tribe. That, oh, was that, she? Yeah, that her tribe is dead. She's oh. she's the last of her tribe. Okay, never mind. I thought the, she was a crow. So far in 1980, this is our third last of last of their tribe Native American characters. Mm. After uh, nothing personal, and uh, uh, Johnny Eagle from uh, Humanoids from the Deep. <laughs> um, well, he had other people. <laughs> I thought we decided that he was suing for the rights to continue fishing even though there was no other native americans in the whole city (laughs) but they had like a contract for this specific bay so she sits down around the fire with them and kind of tells her story yeah we have a scene with heavy eagle talking to his elders right heavy eagle was her husband and uh he goes to meet with his like chief right well i they just say elder i'm i mean whether he's the chief or not um it seems like heavy eagle is calling the shots yeah um, but he sits down with him and he says that he's going to keep going after these guys until he gets his wife back because he he plans on killing these guys. Yeah, even though the, the elder is like, you don't even care about her. You treat her, you know, can we, can we say how, what he says? He, well, he says how you treat her. Like, he doesn't treat her very well. Like, he, um, I, I reference Game of Thrones with how Khaleesi was at first with the Dothraki before she became into power yeah i think he says coyote bitch yeah yeah i didn't want to say it (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to desperately so we cut back to the campfire where she's telling them that she was sold to the blackfoot tribe and is a wife slash slave to one of their warriors that's heavy eagle she learned english at fort mckenzie and uh, she says she does not want to go back to heavy eagle she climbs under the blanket with bill uh and she says that her name is running moon and he tells her his name we see Heavy Eagle like standing next to a lake and he picks up a rock and just slices his chest open. Yep. Not sure why. <laughs> Maybe he's <was> just itchy. <laughs> what? And he he's got like, overzealous. Got <laughs> oh, that's better. That doesn't that's itch the anymore. Spot. Running Moon wakes up the next morning and they're all gone. They just left her in a blanket. Is that a thing that can happen? I feel like this is like a trope where you have an entire campsite that you have to pack up in complete silence to keep from someone waking up. Yeah, I would definitely have done this. You have to walk all the animals really quietly away. Yeah, you don't start them until you're like 200 <laughs> feet away. <laughs> you, just, you just put all the horses put it in, in neutral. Idle and just push. Yeah. <laughs> put it in neutral. Because <laughs> <laughs> from Hey Dude. Start your horse and come along. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Frapp and Bill race into town in search of whiskey. They're just screaming and running their horses full speed into the tents. Oh my god! At the rendezvous, it's amazing when he first runs into the tent. You you see he like smacks the whiskey sign and breaks it in half and falls down. (laughs) He's just like, oh whiskey! Shouting it as he comes. But like he's not the only crazy person. Like the entire camp is going bonkers. Yeah, it's like Burning Man. Yeah. And uh, when he gets in, because there's like a makeshift tent that is serving the purpose of this bar, but he just rides his horse completely into it and completely knocks the tent over. Yeah. But no one's upset. Yeah. Like, they're all just, just like, like laughing yeah, about is, it. Even the bartender doesn't care. I don't even, like, it's, there's so much chaos happening here. I'm like, how is anybody actually conducting any real business in this camp? Which is the whole point of this place. There's like just people having sex, like in all over like, the place. All over the place and. Well, they, they just got that product in, so. Um, Bill tries to sell some beaver pelt, and the guy offers him three bucks. Is this Fontenelle? Yeah. Uh, this soft 
baby head guy offers him three bucks and he doesn't go for it. He's like, I'm going to hold on to it until it's worth less. I got a good feeling about this. In my soft spot right here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's because uh, silk is the new thing. Right. Silk is soft as a baby's skull. <laughs> and uh, The guys don't actually know what silk is. No, well, one of, well one of them does. does. Like, it comes from worms. Comes, it's made out of worms. Yeah. You just grind them up and paint them. And you got yourself a silk hat. The guy is taking more for buffalo and silk right now, and uh, that's blowing Bill's mind because buffalo used to not be worth anything. Now it's worth a lot because they've killed so many of them that it's harder to find. <laughs> so that's supply and demand. Here's what you got to do. Kill more beavers. Medicine Wolf, an old friend of Bill's, does tricks through town and then crashes backward into a branch. Uh, it's like a signpost and uh, falls off of his horse. And hurts himself pretty badly. And this, and he like sits up, and the words out of his mouth is, "God damn!" Everyone laughs at the guy when he sits up, and then Bill pours a bunch of alcohol down his throat, and he yells, "God damn!" again, and then passes out and probably dies of a coma. No, he's he comes. No, back. he's fine. But yeah, I wouldn't have let him he, go to sleep right yeah, here. Yeah, he, he's concussed for yeah. sure. This is this is when like, you. I don't feel like "God damn" is in the the character of. You know, a Native American to say. I don't even know if he's actually supposed to be Native American. I, I did enjoy is. us coming up with, like, what's this guy's name again? And you're oh, like, I kept, Medicine Ball? I kept calling him <laughs> Medicine Ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But uh, Medicine and Bill and Frapp go to talk to Iron Belly. Because they, they want a solution to this problem about beaver being too cheap. And he tells them the legend of this myth- mythical beaver valley. There's just it's just overflowing with beaver, and uh, they're trying they're fighting with each other to get into your traps. This this film is just full of euphemisms. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I I do like that he's supposedly so old that he's wearing like conquistador armor. Yes, which is why they call him Iron Belly because he's actually got like uh, he's got like a lead what, chest plate. Uh, yeah, Bill and Frap suspect that. This mystical beaver village area is what the Blackfoot tribe have been guarding. It's why that they're getting particularly violent in this area. What are they doing with the beavers? It's gross. We don't have to talk about it. No. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I, f- I feel like it's kind of like um, they're the beavers are just sacred to them. When Heavy Eagle is talking to his chief or whatever we're going to call that guy, he says... They're here to kill our beavers. And, like, that's the most serious accusation that he levels at these guys. And even, like, the chief is like, yeah, you're right. We got to do something, I guess. But it seems like they care a lot about the beavers just staying alive, which is maybe why there's so many of them in this in this magic valley. They, uh, they pay him for the information, and then he rapes a young Indian girl. That seemed pretty consensual. Although he was very, <laughs> she was a child. Although he was very gross. Yes. The next day, Running Moon kicks Bill in the nuts after a very short fight for leaving her behind. A tradesman is making fun of them. He's laughing at Bill for losing the fight so quickly because he's not willing to fight back really. And then Bill attacks that guy and throws him against a wagon. We'll see this guy again later. Yeah. Wyatt leaves to start his ice selling business in Oregon. Oregon. The way they just they pronounce it makes it sound more like a shape that I'm not familiar yeah. with. <laughs> uh, never to be seen again. Yes. Not not for Very death. Sad. But uh, he is just he's out of the story. No, I liked him. I, I have a feeling that the darker version of the story 
is he didn't that make it out of that he doesn't make yeah. it out we're like well at least we have this ice to keep his body in one piece until it gets to mm-hmm. oregon where his children are waiting for it uh running moon prepares a meal for the men she's like she's become their wife now and they're, they're maybe at least less abusive than heavy eagle but still not great husbands she she seems very eager to please yeah them like because she's written by men yeah <laughs> and that's their fantasy as a girl that will just do everything for them and uh she's rubbing bill's feet by a fire and uh <sighs> they continue that's <laughs> pretty gross Charlton <laughs> I mean, has this 70 year old feet well it's not just, just and he's the, a mounted man <laughs> yeah just the implication of, of this this guy he's probably got all kinds of like yeah parasites and fungus and and he's probably got that ringworm what's his name uh the aviator feet <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, Mr. Deeds' feet. <laughs> uh, either one of them works. Um, she tells them that she's heard this legend about the the Beaver Valley since childhood, but it's only a legend. And uh, suddenly, Bill is being pursued by Blackfoot warriors. He gets shot at, I think, by them. Do they shoot at him? Do they have guns? Um, they do have guns. I don't remember if this is when they shoot at him. I remember but he he turns and shoots back, and yeah. he kills a couple of them by shooting them, and stabs a few, and eventually they're all dead, or surrendering and running away. Yeah, and um, and because there's two attacks, there's attack during the day, and then there's an attack at night. That night they come back and take all the horses. Yeah, and they manage to kill one of those guys trying to take the horses, um, and the other guy again runs away. They had like an alarm because their donkey is terrible and mm-hmm. it's not very well tamed. And so when they tried to steal the donkey, they just went nuts yeah. and threw the guy on the ground. And that's wh- how they became aware of it. And they shoot one. I thought it was interesting earlier when the, I think the donkey goes off when, uh, when, the, when Frap is working on it. <laughs> yeah. And they, that the, just after they meet the, the ice man and, uh, he, he yells, <laughs> Like, yeah. like this is like this is the language to like everybody back off like yeah. stay away because this thing is gonna kick you in the head and kill you. Well, donkeys were the original CPR machines, so you would have to shout clear before. Yeah, it's not a CPR machine that you say clear for. Defibrillator. Defib- defibrillator. <laughs> yeah, that. Donkeys were the original <laughs> defibrillators. And I believe it's a mule. Okay, sorry. Mules were the original defibrillators, so. <laughs> You have to uh, shout clear before they kick you in the chest and break all your ribs and you die. <laughs> I don't know. It's just to put them out of their misery, I guess. Clear. We got one dead guy. Running Moon is worried that Heavy Eagle is after her specifically because of all these Blackfoot attacks. And the next day, they're ambush. They're ambush. <laughs> and they're Amish. They're a- the next day, they wake up Amish. They don't Amish? use any electricity anymore. <clears throat> Everybody was Amish in the 1830s. The next day, they're ambushed while traveling through the woods. Frap is pushed down over a log and scalped. There's a fight, you know? Right. One of them, one of the uh, Blackfoot tribe gets shot, falls off his horse, and there's a big <laughs> sound when he lands. Like he farted? I, yeah. I pointed that out to you when you that did. happened. <laughs> and that, that's another thing. I rewound it multiple times trying to figure out what it could possibly be and i have nothing i have an idea what so, if he farted somebody farted yeah <laughs> but it, it's like was this an attempt to be funny in this moment this was take seven and that was the quietest fart that the guy could land 
<laughs> You're just trying to be realistic because you lose bowel control that's when true. you die. Yeah. <laughs> that's like when I convinced Daddy that when people say ghosts, they're just talking about your body's last fart when you die. And that's what leaves your body. <laughs> she thought I was serious. <laughs> Frap is scalped. Um, so on top of losing a bunch of skin on the top of his head, he has to inhale this dead guy's fart. <laughs> He's also got an axe in his back. Oh, yeah, that too. Bill runs to, because he assumes at this point that there's too many of them for him to fight on his own. And Frap is dead. So he runs to Running Moon and they escape together. I like the score here. Yeah. It's got this really cool musical moment as we show the two of them kind of on the move, but setting up various beaver traps. And uh, he's like shooting and preparing deer for dinner. He comes back from a hunt. They have a sexy time. Yeah. But first we see this quick moment of her. She's, uh, she's like hiding a blanket or something that she's working on when he comes back from a hunt. Um, and then they, yeah, they set up like a tent on the side of a river and, and have sexy times. The next day, he asks her where his shirt went, and she gives him one that she made. Which is what she was working on that she was right. hiding. But where did his shirt go? Did she just make the shirt into this shirt? I think like, he, I think she got rid of it. She didn't need this old shirt. You're going to wear the shirt. Stinky old shirt. <laughs> You're not going to wear that old shirt anymore. I got you a new shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's very <laughs> husband and wifey. <laughs> I have more than two grades of laundry, okay? There's not just clean and dirty. There are many subtle levels, okay? I think it's outside the window for 20 minutes. It's good as new. <laughs> but he's he's very pleased with this uh, shirt, which is made in the style of, of her tribe, presumably. And he holds it up and he says, That shines, that... That truly shines which is like the the 1830s vernacular for when something's groovy. Um, also, which is what we would say today. Oh, I, I thought it was because her name was Moon. Oh. No, I think it's just a thing that mountain men said. Blackfoot warriors pursue them. They meander into a stream as though Charlton Heston were an elderly man. <laughs> which is to say <laughs> Wait, like a half mile an hour just sort of uh, uh, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I think and, he uh, is an elderly man. No, though. he is. <laughs> and, and he's not supposed to be playing a young man. No. Like, like this isn't like Dick Tracy, yeah. where Warren Beatty is just way too old to be playing Dick Tracy. Yeah. And yet, for some reason, these Blackfoot Warriors, a team in their late teens and early 20s, are unable to catch up with this guy. Because he's Charlton Heston. <laughs> yeah. Stunt Charlton makes considerably better progress uh, through the river. and uh, But suddenly, the Blackfoot tribe has the high ground. They're basically lining this whole hillside as he's trying to get out of the water and bill fires a shot up at them but they bear down on him and running moon and basically completely trample this woman to the ground with a horse which someone got run over by a horse in this shot it looks extremely real yeah it's nice to know that they care as much about the horses as they do about the actors though i have to say which is not at all all, (laughs) as long as the shot works but uh they take a big rock and they knock him out but they don't kill him. They just knock him out. And he wakes up strung up in a tent uh, with his arms like tied to the ceiling of the tent. And he keeps asking Heavy Eagle where Running Moon went until Eagle says she died. And he's going to die in the morning. Yeah. Eagle's face paint seems to resemble the twirly mustache of a <laughs> 20s villain. 
<laughs> Did you notice that? Yes. It's like a little curly thing. I wanted him to like reach up and I know. He has a couple of different of face paints in here, but the funny little mustache one is yeah. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> we'll throw a picture of that on the uh, on the Instagram. Bill is given the opportunity to run to a post. It's basically like a spear, like a weapon that they stab into the ground, and they give you the opportunity to run to it, pull it out of the ground, and you can defend yourself with it. But, but he it's runs like to giving it. him a head start. Right. But he runs to it and he grabs the post and continues running in that direction, at which point uh, a team of Blackfoot characters uh, <laughs> chase him <laughs> through the woods. He comes to a river where there's like a, a beaver dam. I don't know what you would call this thing. A beaver bubble? Um, it's, it's a beaver dam. That's exactly what a beaver dam is. I thought a dam was just like okay, across the river. Maybe a beaver den? den? Yeah, sure. Den. Or a living room. And he jumps into the river and surfaces in this beaver's living room. <laughs> and there's like three or four of them in there. Because you want to have a beaver as a friend. Yeah. That shit is on the lake. Yeah. Lakeside my ass. Lake on. <laughs> what is that from? It's Mitch Hedberg. So he pops up in this beaver's living room. And there's two or three of them that are inside of this little bubble of wood on the top of the water. When the Blackfoot people get to the shore, they they can't see where he disappeared to. They can see the wood of this beaver dam, but they don't realize that there's a, a breathable area under the wood. Well, they know that. They're not dumb. They know how beavers live. I think they are dumb because they didn't know that. One guy stopped and One looked, guy. and the only reason the rest of them turned a different way is because a deer ran into the bushes and made a noise, and they thought it was him. Right. And then when their friend never came out of the water, they went home. And weaved baskets. Oh, or isn't something. this where they come back and they have the whole chase down the thing? And there's a there's a raging river. No. First, he stabs the guy. Yeah, I like the, I, li- I like the reveal, like because the guy comes up first and then just blood pours out of yeah. his mouth. Yeah. So we have Charlton hiding with all these beavers, probably feeling a little bit guilty about murdering them for his entire life because they just saved him. And then, uh, well, they're not being very hospitable. They're sitting there hissing at him. Yeah, I would too. If some random dude just came into your not living just a room random to hide dude, from an Indian the attack. Hitler of my people surfaces in my living room. <laughs> You're going to hiss at him? Yeah, I'm going to hiss at him. <laughs> and, and that's me being polite. If the most I do to my Hitler is, go away, <laughs> then that's that's practically a greeting compared to what this person deserves. They should be eating his face. But then a, a hand pops out of the water and starts choking Charlton out, and uh, he drops... And then in his place, the the Blackfoot guy surfaces, and then, like you said, he just starts gurgling blood. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. And then uh, more blood comes up from the water, and then Charlton pulls the guy down. And he should have just stayed in this this little cove for like a few years and learned the beaver language, and just eaten them for sustenance. <laughs> <laughs> just cut to just slowly chewing on a live beaver. Um, shows up with a, with a little... a, he's got a beaver hat the next time yeah. we see him. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes later and he's wearing a beaver hat <laughs> it's just blood gushing down his face ah, did, you, did you just <laughs> cut open that beaver and put it on your head no no anyway yeah. I gotta go yeah, I did. <laughs> yes. word gets back to heavy eagle that bill has escaped um, and the messenger is ball smashed Heavy Eagle takes off. I thought you meant that was his name. 
<laughs> this is medicine ball, yeah. and over here we have ball smashed. Ball smashed. <laughs> he suffered a terrible accident, and he is childless. Um, yeah, so he, Heavy Eagle isn't pleased, and he says, I'll track him myself. Right. And successfully does. And successfully does, but they don't find him in this this little wood bubble. They find him just running along a cliffside, and uh, Heavy Eagle just blindly tackles him off a cliff, and the two of them tumble into a river. And there's this really loud music and this raging water and you're splashing and loud and loud and loud. And then it just cuts instantly to the next scene well, where there's just like a crackling fire in a tent. They, they go over the waterfall when it hard cuts. Yeah. Well, Heavy Eagle swims ashore and sees Bill still struggling in the water. And then Bill goes over the waterfall, and then there's the cut. Yeah. yeah. But it's but, just crazy. Like, halfway down the waterfall, we hard cut to Indian Village. Yeah. But it was it, it was funny, too, because as soon as they fell in the water, I told you, like, I'm just putting in my notes, they fall all the way to a waterfall, because we know what's going to happen here. And then it took a while. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Nope. You were no, right. No, yeah. It's always going to be a waterfall. <laughs> Heavy Eagle gets out just before the waterfall, and then... Charlton goes over and for sure dies. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. Booyah! But yeah, every, everything, all the sound cuts immediately when we move to this crackling fire in a tent where Running Moon, <gasps> she's alive, uh, is serving Heavy Eagle a gourd bowl with some kind of soup in it. And he, like, kisses it into her mouth. Yeah. And then she just spits it back out. Yeah. But she doesn't spit it out. She just lets it fall out of her mouth slowly. Yeah. And frog's breath. What's wrong? I thought you liked frog's breath. Nothing's more suspicious than frog's breath. And then he throws it in her face because he realizes this is poisoned. And then he has his way with her. Yeah. This is an uncomfortable rape scene. Really? Yeah. I prefer the comfortable rape scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like there's a redundancy in this phrase. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> this is a rape scene. <laughs> yes, that's true. There, there we go. Heavy Eagle goes to the chief and he says, I'm going to get these guys. I'm going to kill them. And the chief says, hey, give it a rest, pal. <laughs> You've lost this fight too many times in yeah. a row. You got to stop knocking him out and then torturing him. You've got to just kill the guy. Eagle says that he's not going to do it until he gets his scalp. He suspects that Bill is going to hide with the Crow tribe because that's the only place to go in this cold winter. We cut to a pack of wolves eating a buffalo. More like huskies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, but I think they're supposed to be wolves. Yeah, yeah. Bill scares them all off to feed himself. He climbs a mountain with his brand new buffalo poncho. Yeah, he goes through Yellowstone, which I probably would have stayed near because it seems like it probably would have been warmer. I would think so. There's like hot springs and stuff. Yeah, but also Year there's round. those really dangerous acid pools you'd want to avoid. But yeah, unless it got really cold, <laughs> just take a dip into that acid. <laughs> Heavy Eagle leads a team to hunt Bill down. And well, well, he actually he's leading the team out to go get the crow. Right, uh, because he thinks that Bill is there though. Mm-hmm. Bill comes upon the ravaged crow village and uh, he sees Heavy Eagle's work that basically everyone in this whole town got killed because Heavy Eagle assumed that Bill would be hiding with them. They find Iron Belly's armor. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if they necessarily thought he would be there, but they did say... 
There's nowhere for him to hide. The only way he's going to survive this winter is being in this village. And so if we destroy the village, he's not going to survive this winter. Yeah. Heavy Eagle has taken Medicine Ball hostage. Uh, That's the only person that they took from this village, I guess. Running Moon bribes Medicine Wolf with sustenance to tell her where Bill is because she assumes he knows, even though she's seen Bill more recently than he has. Yeah, and 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 they're hungry too. The whole tribe is hungry because the uh, warriors aren't hunting. They're they're looking for Bill. Yeah, they're too busy trying to kill a guy. Bill finds himself on this snowy plain, uh, moving through an opening, and he sees a campfire with someone sitting around it. And uh, he gets closer and realizes that it's Frap. And he's just sitting there drinking coffee. He's like, oh my god, if I'd have known you were alive, I wouldn't have left you behind, I swear. If I'd have known you was laying there, scalped, if, if I'd have known you weren't dead, I, I never would have left you, not for nothing. Well, you don't have to tell me that, for Christ's sake, I know that. And then he shows off, like, the scar on the top of his head while yeah. they share coffee. They he make... says it felt queersome for a while. Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, they're both just making jokes about it, and uh, they're clearly like on the same page still. Frap mocks him a little bit about Beaver Valley. Say, you ever find that valley? The one that's all the swarming with the beavers, where they run up on the banks and fight one another to get in your trap? <laughs> <laughs> Holler, take me, Bill Tyler, take me! <laughs> Beaver, many of stars in the sky! <laughs> Running Moon gives Medicine a blanket and a horse to escape with. If he can find Bill, tell Bill where she is and that she needs him back. And that she's alive also. I don't know if she knows that he knows that. Frap has a child bride now that he swindled off of a local tribesman. He's very proud of it. He stole one of the one of the tribesmen's horses and then he traded the guy's own horse for his daughter. The guy was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Tired of feeding extra kids. They encounter Medicine Wolf just as he's dying on this horse that he got, um, probably from exposure and starvation. He tells them that Running Moon is alive and that she's she's with the Blackfoot tribe. And Heston totally steps on his lines. Oh, does he? He's like he's like Running Moon. She says she's alive. <laughs> it's like you can just see like he's like yes. <laughs> what? Running Moon. Help, Medicine Wolf. Get a horse. She says she's alive. She, she, she waits. It's like right over what he's talking. Yeah. Like, Bill decides that he's going to full on attack the Blackfoot tribe by himself. Henry Frapp offers to help, and Bill goes, "Nah, you stay here and sleep with your child bride." And Frapp comes anyway, and he says that uh, that his child bride got traded away anyway like the guy traded her for the horse again and then he stole the horse back Mm -hmm. so everything that happened happened in reverse they meet up with frenchy and angry frenchy is the tradesman that was making fun of him for losing a fight to a girl earlier the seymour cassell character and uh angry i don't know who angry is but he's just an angry guy he just sound like a couple of dwarves yeah the uh, the Blackfoot tribe arrives and kills Angry very quickly, and Frenchie has to bury him because it's his friend. But the Blackfoot uh, steal the horses. Frenchie basically leads their war party right to Bill and Frap by trying to get away. So they're all chasing Frenchie, 
as he's burying his friend and then he runs to bill and frap and says hey they're chasing me and they're like why'd you come over here <laughs> you jerk the blackfoot tribe led by heavy eagle offers a parlay which uh if you've seen pirates of the caribbean you know means that it's supposed to be like a truce and you're supposed to go and negotiate the terms of your agreement and then you trick them <laughs> and then you trick them and it's a lie um, so it's always a lie and bill and frap know this and so they don't go across the river um, but Frenchie's like, no, I, I don't want to die today. So I'm going to go talk to these guys. And then they just stab him a bunch of times and then cut his head off. So they start riding around, swinging his head from their horses. Uh, another wave of Blackfoot, uh, swing through and Frap takes an arrow to the chest and dies a second time. This is, there's a weird moment here. Are you really dead this time? <laughs> yeah. You better, be, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to hang out for a second. But uh, there's a weird moment here after he dies where suddenly it seems like there's no danger for like a few minutes mm -hmm. where he's just like reminiscing and they're just talking about stuff. And then suddenly like he looks back over the log and there's there's Blackfoot Indians that are coming right at him mm -hmm. as he's dying. Henry basically demands to know the truth of Beaver Valley. He's like, tell me the truth. You found it, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I found it. It was great. And then I left for no reason. And I'm dying out here in the cold with you. He rides his horse back up to the Blackfoot village and he crashes it full speed into Heavy Eagle's horse. Mm -hmm. So much, so yeah. hard that both of them fall off of their horses. Like it's, it's a head on collision. Like literally two horses heads are smashing into each other here. Yeah. It's horrifying. Bill tackles Heavy Eagle into a tent and almost gets him strangled to death. Mm -hmm. But then Heavy Eagle takes a huge chunk out of Bill's arm, just bites up big gap out of his arm and he stands up and while bill is reeling from this bite he just spits out this huge chunk of yeah meat. it's really gross um and then he gets bill cornered and right as he's about to swing an axe down running moon just blows a hole through him with a shotgun yeah and uh she takes her man back and that's the end of the movie and i'm really glad it ended that way because i think it was the only way it would all be okay is if she shot him and ended this yeah so there's not like a blood feud well I, it's justice served you know like yeah. she got her justice we don't have any weirdness about it being her killing more native yeah. americans yeah. yeah but also uh the tribe really was getting sick and tired of heavy eagles crap yeah. right so i think they're good with this and like hey you got rid of him we're done we're we're good. We'll just let you go your way. We'll go our way. Yeah. But then they leave Frapp's body up on this like funeral pyre, but right where he died, right where he died. And, and I get why you know, this is like a, this is like a real thing where they would leave bodies up on these, uh, like, is it, isn't it an Indian burial? Isn't it? Yeah. That's a way. Yeah. But you wouldn't, to me, you wouldn't leave it in the floodplain of a river where it's just immediately going to get, get washed out, gonna get washed out of the next storm. <laughs> No, I think I would just because I want to see him again. I want to be surprised <laughs> when he washes up again. I mean, he's a good, you know, eight, ten feet in the air. I don't think it's going to get washed out. By the way, this is a pretty cool location to be your final resting place. I know you were commenting oh, on yeah, how right beautiful at the it was. Right at the end, the, mm -hmm. like the sunset and the and the, the mountains, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, they shot in like four different national parks for the production. And all of the photography they get is gorgeous because none of it is faked. I mean, the closest thing we get to real fake material 
is the the water rafting stuff yeah where you have these inserts of someone just blasting charlton with a hose so that it looks like he's the one floating down the river most of the exteriors are just really really gorgeously shot Mm -hmm. uh our director here first time director richard lang he went on to a lot of television work um he was a director on beverly hills 90210 and melrose place for good chunks of both shows he also directed a change of seasons in 1980 so we'll get him back before the end of this year writer fraser clark heston he is charlton's son he's the writer director of a tv movie of treasure island in 1990 starring his father he directed second unit on city slickers Mm. Um, i'm imagining uh charlton heston played long john silver sure that that sounds right that restaurant was in that movie right our our writer fraser clark heston here also played baby moses in the ten commandments oh wow Uh, oh really (laughs) yeah Oh, that's interesting. So uh, I was right. He did play Long John Silver in the Treasure Island, and who played Jim Hawkins, but a young Christian Bale. Oh, really? Oh, okay, then I, I might have seen that one. Oh, it's got Oliver Reed, Christopher Lee. Oh, my God, this movie's a, got an amazing cast. Well, we won't get to it in what year? 1990, 10 years. Wait, is that a theatrically released? It wasn't a TV movie? Um, It says not rated, so I'm assuming it's a TV movie. Oh, okay. Usually it says TV but who knows um charlton heston here played bill tyler um he was ben hur and moses he's in soylent green omega man uh he's george taylor and planet of the apes mm-hmm. and he'll be back for the awakening later this year which i think is a mummy movie so that's fun charlton heston obviously later in his his life is the nra stuff yeah your feelings on those aside i still enjoy him as an actor he, he did get a little weird at the end. He did have what seemed to be a sense of humor about himself yes. as, as an actor, like his part in, in True Lies, where he's like this eye-patched head of this organization, yeah. which is like, what are you doing? And my favorite moment in Wayne's World 2, when he's literally dollied in to replace the gas station attendant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Charlton Heston, is he's interesting because... He's a weird-looking guy. Like, he's kind of always been a weird-looking guy. And I kind of always thought he was a bad actor. But I just like the way he delivers the lines. Yeah. Even if I don't... He never feels like an actual person. He always feels like an actor in all of his roles. But it's still infinitely watchable. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of feel the same way about, like, Shatner most of the time. Where it's like, I, he never plays a believable character. But he, his acting is so fun that you could just watch it mm-hmm. uh brian keith here was henry frapp uh he played mitch evers in the parent trap yeah, yeah that's where i recognize him from um he's also buckshot roberts in young guns and he played teddy roosevelt in the wind and the lion i could see him as teddy roosevelt uh i know the wind and the lion but i'm not hyper familiar with it it's yeah. sean connery and candace bergen victoria racimo played running moon uh she was nurse saint cloud in Ernest goes to camp and she plays ramona in prophecy i think it's good that we have somebody with at least some native american heritage in one of these roles yes <laughs> because that's not the case as we get further down the list um john glover was nathan wyeth he's wonderful and i wish he was actually in more of this movie 
and actually i didn't mention it before but the first scene where he's meeting the charlton heston character he's like trying to offer him a handshake and charlton heston just kind of staring at his hand like who is what is happening who yeah. is this person well and, and Charles, yeah and he's completely naked yeah and he's completely naked but it reminds me so much of in scrooged when john glover is trying to shake hands with bill murray mm-hmm. and bill murray's doing the same thing like what is this guy why is he here why is he trying to talk to me but he's rice cummings and scrooged mm-hmm. the guy who's basically taking over uh, frank cross's job yeah um he's daniel clamp in gremlins 2 the guy who owns the building that's that might be i love scrooged but his performance in gremlins 2 might be my favorite yeah for him. um he's uh he's saperstein and in, in the mouth of madness he has a couple dc connections he's the he's the father to a couple of bad guys um he's lex luther's dad on smallville and he's mark strong's dad in the shazam movie that just came out yeah he's also the co-conspirator or co-creator of bane oh is he he's in the poison ivy bane mr freeze uh, which is what batman batman forever oh is he yeah he he's like in the lab where bane is created when poison ivy comes in i did not realize he was in that david Aykroyd was medicine wolf (laughs) david Aykroyd was trumbo yeah (laughs) trumbo from trumbo's world i actually paused the movie for a while i'm like do you recognize this guy (laughs) (laughs) he uh he is in the sixth episode of macgyver called trumbo's world where he plays a guy who lives in south america and his farm is attacked by ants he also plays a character named antius (laughs) in xena um and he was the voice of ezekiel rage on johnny quest i think Oh, he was Ezekiel Rage? I, we must have mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, we have talked because, about that. Because uh, Ezekiel Rage is such a great character. William Lucking was Jim Walker here. That's what you called angry. Yes, okay. Yeah. He was a highway patrolman in the ninth configuration. He also plays five different cops on Murder, She Wrote. And he played Piney in 49 episodes of Son of Anarchy. Uh, Seymour Cassell was Labonte. That's Frenchie. Um, he plays Burt Fisher in Rushmore. That's... Uh, the father of the main character kid i understand you're a neurosurgeon no i'm a barber but a lot of people make that mistake (laughs) um he also played sam catchem and dick tracy and he was esteban in life aquatic he's 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 a very brief role yeah uh he's also in royal tenenbaums as the i believe is the elevator operator yeah he gets used by by wes anderson a lot victor jewelry was iron belly he plays victor wilkinson in gone with the wind He's Helen Keller's dad in The Miracle Worker. He played Lamont Cranston on The Shadow. And uh, this was his last feature film. And then Inga Swenson. You know that Lamont Cranston is The Shadow. Yes. Okay. I, 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 you're like, you're, That's you're, true. I didn't, I didn't specify that. Oh, yeah. He is The Shadow. Yes. Lamont Cranston is The Shadow. That's his, his alter ego. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of man. The Shadow knows. But shadows aren't innately fast. <laughs> Is that true? It's from Turbo. <laughs> uh, turbo. We yeah, needed a Turbo. I need a reference here. with Turbo. They call me the White Shadow. Because I'm so fast, all you see is my shadow. I don't get it. I'm fast, like a shadow. Yep, but shadows, they're not inherently fast. White Shadow. Inga Swenson plays the White singer at the mountain men gathering so she must be singing at the at the rendezvous yeah 
she played Helen Keller's mom in The Miracle Worker. So we have both of Helen Keller's parents from The Miracle Worker in this movie. Oh, I forgot to mention for Heavy Eagle, he was strongly considered to play the part of Picard, apparently. Oh, I don't know why I skipped him, too. In uh, Next Generation? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Stephen Mocked is the actor's name, played Running Eagle. Yeah. Uh, Heavy Eagle. Heavy Eagle, sorry. And he's got some great credits. Yeah, he... um, He's in Monster Squad. mm -hmm. Right, he's Sean's dad, Del. He also plays six different characters on Murder, She Wrote. And then uh, he has a credit coming up later this year that's an awesome character name. Sergeant Thor <laughs> in Galaxina. Um, uh, he is great in Graveyard Shift. Oh, okay. He, he plays the head of the, the owner of the, the textile mill. Graveyard Shift. Oh, yeah. It's this crazy uh, Is that the one King. with Ewan McGregor? No, no, no. It's, uh, uh, I don't know if you would know any of these people except for Brad Dorff. Uh, Chucky. But uh, it's a really great movie. It's this is this mill where there's like a monster in the basement that keeps killing people and ends up being, you know, spoiler, ends up being this gigantic bat. Okay. Um, and well, you know what? I've heard a different, I heard a podcast review that movie before. Yeah. Um, but war, uh, he plays a character named Warwick, Warwick who owns the place and he just chews the scenery every time he's on. There's <laughs> this great scene where he's like aggressively eating an apple. Um, he, he is great. And Brad Dorff delivers this amazing monologue. And he's never not too. great. So, highly recommend Graveyard Shift. We we cannot neglect to mention the legend of Galgameth. Oh yeah, who, who was in that? <laughs> the that uh, heavy heavy eagle was in this. Heavy eagle was in it. Yeah. When I was scrolling through his credits, there was one movie that stood out called The Legend of Galgameth. Which uh, do you know what The Legend of Galgameth? I is? don't know this one. <laughs> look up The Legend of Galgameth. Take a look at this poster. We'll throw a picture of this poster on. Uh, on uh, the Instagram. So the IMGB describes it as a young prince fights to free his people with the help of his family mascot, a small dragon that grows upon eating metal. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover boxes make it look like it's for either preschoolers or for adults. The The little dragon looks like uh like the baby from dinosaurs it does kind and then of. he eats metal and turns into uh what looks like some sort of kaiju that's going to you know fight well godzilla. honestly he looks a lot like baby godzilla from uh i forget which godzilla movie that is yeah it's the one with like the little boy i'm trying to look it up right now it looks magical though yeah I'll, i'm just gonna for no reason include one picture of the baby dragon from Galgameth. So God, that, 1996? Yeah, 96, and the graphics look like it's... Fr- if you told, if you showed me that poster and you said, what year is this movie from? I would have said 81 tops. Yeah. Yeah. But it honestly looked super familiar to me. I feel yeah. like I might have seen this. I, I might have too. <laughs> but uh, Galgameth, it looks great. Jess, is this an up or down for the Mountain Men? You know... <laughs> I went into it pretty darn skeptical because I thought I would be really bothered by the portrayal of Native Americans and treatment of women and all sorts of things in this, which I was slightly bothered by those things. But honestly, I really enjoyed the movie overall. I think it was I think it was pretty good. I gave it an up. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this a thumbs up too. It honestly just, I think the, uh, the chemistry between Frapp and Bill 
is enough to totally save the movie. Like yes. the two of them feel like they're legitimately having a good time. <laughs> I'm glad that relationship came back because when we thought he was dead after being scalped, I'm like, oh man, there goes like, the last person I cared about. Yeah, I mean the. Their banter back and forth was was really uh, engaging, and he he just has such a great laugh. Frank Keith character Henry Frapp, um, it's just whenever he cracks up about something, it like uh, I I can't help but laugh with him. Up or down, Richard? Uh, I will also give it it up. Um, right. It's not exactly on the fence; it's a little bit above the fence, but I did enjoy it. And like I said, I'm always just interested. I, I think you're right as as far as like the relationship between frap and bill yeah it's, it's just like yeah this is like i i would prefer it was just more of this yeah it feels like a uh you know jack lemon walter Matthau just yeah. arguing with each other grumpier old men type and, and this was long after like jeremiah johnson uh which is you know similar themes of mountain men and native american attacks and and whatnot but uh i liked it yeah um where does this go on your letterbox jess uh, so it's, it's pretty high up there, actually, well, well above the windows threshold. It's, um, I don't know, it's about 18 or 20 down on my list. It's between Little Miss Marker and The Last Married Couple in America. Okay. Richard? Um, I'm putting, apparently I'm putting all my Westerns in a row here. Um, I'm uh, going to put this just below Tom Horn, uh, which is just above the Gong Show movie. But oh, it's yeah. also in line with the Long you know, Riders. that classic Western, the Gong Show movie. Well, I mean, because <laughs> well, it goes Long Riders, Tom Horn, and now right. uh, Mountain Men. Yeah. Um, on the, on kind of a combination of those two notes, uh, I am putting it above the Long Riders and just below Last Married Couple, um, which is also relatively high on my list, I would say. Yeah, this was an enjoyable one. I think that's about everything for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show, and if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show through Patreon.com slash VintageVideoPodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing... Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood, which IMDb summarizes like so. A prostitute writes a bestseller book about her profession, which attracts the attention of a studio executive who attempts to get it made into a movie. We leave you now with the trailer for Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood. They're back again. Xaviera Hollander and her girls. They're looking sexier. Here come some of the beautiful participants. Have you slept with anyone interesting since coming to Hollywood? You mean besides you? Xaviera Hollander's new movie, Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood. Can you make it in Hollywood? I want this book to be a blockbuster movie. You hear me? Give me the rights to this book. You get me this girl. Get me Xaviera Hollander. How do you make movies? You make movies with money. Xaviera, so, they'd have to drag me out of here. They just might have to. Money comes easy to the girls of Xaviera Hollander. Tonight will be 
the most memorable night of your life. Come and get your bouncy, bouncy. Bouncy, bouncy. Don't say a word, my love. Fabiano. Just come to me. Don't! They're more beautiful than ever. Someone get some champagne. We're all gonna make a movie. Starring Martine Beswick, Adam West, Phil Silvers, Richard Deacon, Army Archer. And Xavier Hollander, the star of the Happy Hooker. Xavier Hollander's Happy Hooker goes Hollywood. She's coming to a theater near you.